because I think so many times we can get caught up looking for this big, like this burning bush experience. And he's like, you know, you can provide a meal for your neighbor or you can go pray for that person. Or maybe you can go babysit for that couple so they can just have a night out. You know, what, what does this, what does love look like? You know, and I think that when we are just faithful with the little things, the rest of it will, will come. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me on the show today is confidence and worthiness coach, Emily Lewis. How are you doing today, sister? I am doing really well. Thank you for having me, Eric. Thank you for for doing the show. Where are you joining us from today? I am from Southwestern Montana. There you go. There you go. All right. What's the weather like in Montana right now? Because Cleveland just went back to spring and I swear it was summer just last week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're lucky that it hasn't gone back to winter. So uh, it's moody. It'll rain in the afternoon and be sunny half the day. Um, If you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes and it'll be different. That's the same thing they say about Cleveland. I'm starting to see this, this trend. We've mm-hmm. had all four seasons in one day before. It is it is an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm excited for the audience to hear more about you, more about your your story and what you're doing. So uh, tell us a little more about yourself. Where'd you grow up and where are you from? I'm from small town Montana and I still live there, which adds its own challenges. I think anybody who lives in your it lives in your small hometown can attest to it's interesting to be in this space where be in a space where people know who you used to be, knew you growing up. And I think sometimes people forget that you can be something other than what you used to be. Uh, so that's an interesting t- thing to navigate, um, along with relational trauma in, you know, mixed in with it and church, um, church stuff, but, that's where I'm at. And I will say I have felt pulled away from here so many times. Like there's such a big wide world, God, why can't I go somewhere else? And he has very clearly, um, especially this year, more than ever planted my feet right where I'm at to minister to the people that are here and love my community. Well, so that's where I'm at and why I'm there. That is so good. Cause often, I mean, we can fall into the idea of God, please bless this decision. And it's like, is that really where you want me? You know, I don't want to be in the position where I'm asking God to bless my disobedience. Right. Cause why would, like, why would you do that? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. nope. you know, so that's good. Um, and you touched on something really, really good too. It's one of my biggest rewards is that even some of my family members have been able to see the difference that Christ has made in me. You know, they knew me long beforehand and they, they've commented and they've seen like, man, I've seen a real change in you. And I'm like, let me tell you about Jesus. Cause it was not me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So share a little bit about your, your testimony. Were you always following Christ? Were you always a Christian growing up? Or when did you, when did you first um, encounter the Lord? Yeah. So I was one of those kids that was practically born in the nursery um, at church. So I grew up in that um, environment and I'm thankful for my parents who are Christians and wanted to give us my sisters and I, that, um, upbringing and that foundation on the 
church that I was a part of, however, was very legalistic and very, um, abusive actually. And I was taught what to believe, how to believe it. Um, not how to think and process, but what to think and how to act in order to be accepted by the community and in order to be accepted by God. So everything was performance-based and my personality is also achiever. So nature and nurture working in this one direction to, for me to feel like it was my job to do all of the things in order to be worthy of love and to be seen as valuable. And we are created with this need for acceptance. We're created with a desire to belong, but when it gets skewed and we try to control whether or not people like us by checking their boxes or fitting in, we miss who God wants us to be. Um, so I spent a lot of energy, a lot of time just trying to fit in, trying to be loved and terrified that God might just say, I'm done with you. You messed up. And I, I avoided any kind of failure or perception of getting it wrong um, because I wanted to control how God saw me unaware that God already loved me because I had believed that God loved me in my head because it was one of the things I was supposed to believe, but I didn't experience it until um, I was basically presented with a faith crisis. And I finally, something finally didn't add up. And I started asking questions and God didn't walk away. He wasn't afraid of my questions. And that was when I began to experience his love and his care for me and his invitation to trust him. So it, I've been around the church my entire life. And I would say the last five or so years have been incredibly transformative because you know this, I'm sure when we're trying to work from this work for worth, we're trying to work for value. We're trying to achieve love or achieve worthiness of love. Um, it is exhausting and it's unpredictable. And we try to cram ourselves into boxes that we were not made to fit into. But if instead we already are worthy and we can believe who God says we actually are, then we, then it's like a springboard forward into rest and work, um, rather than trying to achieve it. It's a huge, um, it's a huge step when you realize that you're fighting from victory, not for it. Mm -hmm. you know, you're fighting from a position of acceptance and not for it. And the root and the foundation of everything you do matters, right? That that's, that's where all the fruit's going to come from. So if we, if we're rooted in Christ, okay, it's a great name for a podcast if anyone hasn't figured out by now. But um, if that's the foundation and everything else stems from that, then the blessings and the breakthrough and the identity and the acceptance and the worthiness, it's all going to come from that. And that's why it's important, especially when we give our lives to Christ, that we study his word and not just study, but then live it out so we can understand this is exactly who God says that I am. No matter yeah. what that person in my hometown said, no matter what that person at work said, I'm not defined by my shortcomings and the things that I've done. I'm defined by his love, his grace, his mercy, the blood of his son. That is, is my identity. Yeah, exactly. I love that you brought up um, the foundation for why we do things because our motivation can be so many different things, um, whether it's fear or guilt or shame or love. 
those things motivate us and fear it will, it will get you going. It will take you places, but it will, it will drop you off and not leave you better than it found you. Um, where if instead we're motivated by how deeply loved we are and we're drawing from the well of God's love that doesn't run out and we can learn to love ourselves and we can love others. Well, then we don't have to, um, be worried if we're doing enough or beating ourselves up and expecting that to somehow bring fruit. I've said this on this, this podcast uh, a few times that I kick my day off by, by saying, Lord, use me today. Use me to make a difference today. Use me to serve someone today. Use me to be a blessing today. Use me to lead someone to you today. Holy spirit, please interrupt my day because immediately that prayer and there's a few other things I throw in there, but immediately that first part of that gets my mind off of me and puts my day on him. So I will, I now know right away when certain things pop up while well, I was not in control that this had nothing to do with me because I, I've got the, the awful experience of a lot of decisions and things I've made out of fear, rotten fruit. It, it didn't, it did not pan out. Those some of it was made because of, of, of selfish motives. Some of it was made just because I was, I was scared of, of certain outcomes. It's all, it's, it's completely, it's a completely different outcome when it starts and ends with Christ. And, it, and, and you just, I believe he's in the end, the middle and the beginning. He's, he's in all of it. I believe God is in, in all of those details. So you, you nailed it. Our, our motive for why we do things, it has to start with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about having just like a faith crisis and just asking God questions. So what, what else, what did that look like for, for you? Yeah. So that looked really messy. And I, I know I used the word, a gift of a faith crisis, but it did not feel like a gift at the yeah. time. It felt like everything was unraveling and I've used the a friend of mine and I on a different podcast, we used to co-host, we used the tagline untwisting the narrative because when everything is unraveling, it, it feels messy and everything's all tangled up and you're not sure what to, what to believe and what, what to keep and what to toss and how to, how in the world do you filter out, which is which. Um, so it, it, it became a lot of work at first. Like I have to know all the answers yeah. because I have to get back to certainty. And I, I see this in a lot of spaces where people leave one, um, maybe harmful religious, um, environment and they swing to another dogmatic, um, religious environment because we're craving certainty. And I, I still find myself craving that certainty sometimes too, mm -hmm. Like, I just want to know the answer. Can I have the answer? And if I could be right. Um, but I, I know in your ministry, you see a lot of um, your desire to bring churches together and you see a lot of churches just wanting to be right. And, and we're right and you're wrong. And maybe instead we had grace for each other and we, we can realize that God allows us to get it wrong. God allows us to have differences, opinions and difference of interpretation of how things go. And that was really freeing when I gave myself permission. Mm -hmm. And even every time I still give myself permission to not have to have it all figured out, um, to be in process and for it to be more of a relationship. And this might sound cliche, but it's not as much about 
the destination and getting it figured out. It's about the journey that we take to get there. And we're journeying with Jesus. We're walking with Jesus. We're in community and communion with Jesus. And then we can kind of let go of some of the, the dogma, the um, need to just get it just right. So that was the beginning of that faith crisis started with, I have to have all the answers. And then maybe it's not so much about the answers and it's just about the connection to God. It's, I discovered when I try to get all the answers and try to have all the answers, it left me in the worst state that I could possibly be in. You know, it left me depressed. It left me, it left me suicidal because I thought I had to be in control. I have to figure all this out. I need to know my next move. What's going to happen tomorrow? Where am I going to work? And all these things. And it wasn't until like I was able to surrender all that to God say, look, I'm your child. This is your vessel. Do with it what you will. You have my yes. You have this broken person, but you have my yes. Whatever you want to do, just make it clear to me what it is. That prayer will be as he answered that, you know, and it was it, was it easy? Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Absolutely. The journey really is worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one, one of the things that's so beautiful about relationship with God is that he's not demanding from us. He has the right to demand from us, but he doesn't. He offers so many invitations to be in relationship with him, to be on mission with him, um, so to trust him. And we read this in the Bible so often as almost like God has his finger out, like you better not be afraid yeah. right now. And right. instead it's probably God is like, Hey, arm around your shoulder going, Hey, you don't have to be afraid right now. Right. And that person, that perception that we have of God, um, whether it is about trusting God or impacting other areas of your life does shape and change whether or not you trust him or how you take up space, who you believe that you are. Um, because we, it always is the foundation of who we believe God is. And then the, then who we, we believe he says we are what we believe about ourselves. And I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but we jump ahead in this thinking in this mindset of who is God? What did he do? And what does he want me to do? And that's good. And we should be doing, we should be action takers, but it always has to stem from who we are first. So it's not who is God and what should I be doing? It is who is God and who am I? And then we take action. To that point, I tell people this a lot too. It's like, if you really don't know the specifics that God has for your life, do things that you know God would approve of. <laughs> you already know he's going to approve of you loving on people. What does that look like for the people that are close to you and, and around you? How can you be that light and salt for the people who are around you? Because I think so many times we can get caught up looking for this big, like this burning bush experience. And he's like, you know, you can provide a meal for your neighbor or you can go pray for that person. Or maybe you can go babysit for that couple so they can just have a night out. You know, what, what does this, what does love look like? You know, and I think that when we are just faithful with little things, the rest of it will, will come, you know, it's, mm -hmm. sometimes it is just that patience of waiting for that breakthrough. That is not easy. I do not want to paint that picture because I'm struggling with that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the little examples that you give though, because they're not little, they make a difference in people's lives. Some of the 
first arguments is I was learning to hear God's voice for myself and discern that it was his voice. Some of the arguments I had with God were about dropping off a meal for somebody. Mm. And I just, I was like, no, that's probably not God. What will they think? I don't even know what they're going through. They're probably fine. And as I learned to just lean into following those crazy nudges and just like, okay, I'm going to pretend I did that for a while. And I go back to it every once in a while. I'm just going to pretend that every nudge is just from God. And I'm going to learn to just follow the Holy spirit. If I get out there where I've um, done something that I, that was my own, uh, I don't know, intuition or desire to help somebody like, so what is it going to hurt? Is it going to hurt anything? But then getting, it gets, it puts into practice our ability to hear from God and follow those little nudges to, like you said, babysit for somebody, bring somebody a meal, send a text, uh, make a phone call and literally be the hands and feet of Jesus. I, I often, you know, I'll ask God, just give me the grace to do what you've told me to do, but let me be mm -hmm. sensitive enough to hear the Holy spirit. Because if, if I'm questioning, is this of God, the best way to, to learn God's voice is to read what he already said. That's the, that's the step one. What? So I learn his character in the Bible. You know, that, that's what started to help me was, all right, we've got, we've got this entire book. We've got these 66 books of the, of, of the character and love of God. So if there's something going through my head that doesn't line up with this, then I know it's not of him. But the only way I know that is to spend time in his word and to spend time with him. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm with you because I'll get that thought of just, hey, just text that person and see how they're doing. And it's just so random. Like they weren't on my head at all in my day to day. I'm like, that's got to be the Holy Spirit. Let me send this message. And 98% of the time, it was definitely of the Lord. <laughs> like, it just, they, sometimes it's not even for the moment. Sometimes it's, I'm sending this message and they know when they are struggling that I'm going to be there. And that's mm -hmm. all the Holy Spirit. I take no credit for that. Sometimes it's just a seed planted for the fact that like, wow, you know, he'll randomly text when I ask if I have prayer requests or if I need anything, I'm fine right now. But when they're not fine, that's when they reach out. So. Mm -hmm. I love that. So before you and I jumped on here, um, and I wish we would have recorded our pre-conversation because like, we could have just edited that right on in here. But you and I have a lot of over, some overlap in our test when it comes to just identity in Christ and just fitting in. So what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with not only their identity in Christ, but just acceptance? Mm, yeah. I think there's a lot of struggle. Like I said in my when I was talking about my story at the beginning, we're designed, created with a need for community connection, belonging. And if we're feeling disconnected and not accepted, um, we can do a lot of things to try to prove that we're worthy of acceptance. So we have to identify, we have to identify the pattern. What is this pattern? What happens for me when I'm feeling disconnected. And maybe you don't even have the words for that. Maybe you do like, I'm looking for approval. I'm looking for acceptance and identify that pattern. What happens for you? Do you work harder to fit in? Do you shut down and hide? Like, what is it? And then, um, get to the bottom of what that belief is that you're believing 
And maybe you need a friend, maybe you need a counselor, maybe you need a pastor, maybe you need a coach to come alongside you and help you untangle those beliefs. Um, because we wouldn't struggle with those insecurities if we knew they were wrong. It's that voice inside your head that says, you're not enough. You'll never figure this out. Who are you? Who do you think you are? That on some days we're like, excuse me, why are you talking to me like that? As if we can have a conversation with our inner critic and other days we're like, maybe you're right. And we need help to get down to the bottom of that belief that said, maybe it was something spoken over you to you. Maybe it was, uh, a Bible verse that we misapplied and we need help un untangling it. You getting to the bottom of it saying, wait a second, this isn't even true. This about me. I've been um, created for such a time as this I'm on, I'm on mission. God wants to partner with me um, in this and I'm loved and we can start to speak back to those beliefs, to the foundation of those beliefs, um, some truth from God's word. Maybe it's a bold declaration that I am worthy of love. I am accepted. I am approved of by God. Maybe it's a Bible verse or an affirmation um, that you can start to reframe those beliefs. But those are, those are three steps um, that you can take if you want to believe who God says that you are um, by recognizing your pattern, noticing the old beliefs that aren't serving you, and then creating new beliefs through declarations or affirmations in God's truth. So in that you mentioned possibly having a coach as, as an option. So you are a confidence and worthiness coach. So for anyone who doesn't know, talking about what that is and how you kind of turn that into a, into a ministry. Yeah. Um, so I specialize in helping Christians stop trying to prove themselves and to get off of the performance hamster wheel <laughs> and instead rest rest in who God is and confidently be themselves and confidently step into everything God is calling them into. So let me just, I'll ask, I always have to ask the guests this question to make sure they're actually taking clients. So are you currently taking clients in person through zoom in case anybody wants to, to reach out to you? I figured I would ask before I said, yeah, reach out. She'd be good at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I am taking clients. I have space for one-on-one -on -one clients right now. And then I also have a course. So my course is called connected and it is, uh, what's the word? I can't even think of the word, but it's self-paced. I think that's what I'm looking for. That's a good word. Um, it's self-paced, um, video-based course with a workbook that allows people to connect with God right where we're at. Cause so often we, we think we're supposed to be something or at a certain stage, especially if you've been in the church a long time, it, you can get caught in that cycle of, I should be further ahead. I should have this figured out. And we can have such a, um, almost robotic faith of doing the things that we're supposed to, that we miss the deep, authentic connection that we're all, we're all looking for and longing for with God. Um, so that that's the course that's always available. Um, you can find it on my website and, um, one-on-one, -on -one. I love partnering with people and helping them break through limiting beliefs about themselves and God so, so that they can live fully, fully alive and free from, um, expectations or people pleasing, um, or limits that have been spoken over them. I had to tell myself a lot. You are 
right where God wants you to be. And nothing you're going through right now caught him by surprise. And it's something that we've talked about. I've You are loved and you are accepted by Christ. And just be who he authentically created me to be. Because again, we, we touched on this, but I finally, when I finally accepted who I was in Christ, and this was probably my early thirties and just started being who he created me to be. I noticed that he started bringing different people into my life. I noticed that my, my circle changed. I noticed the, I didn't feel this weight on my shoulders anymore that I had to, to carry this image or this, this performance. I could just be myself and that whoever was supposed to be in my life would be there to come alongside me for where I'm at and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. so freeing to be you because someone that other person's already taken. Everyone else is already taken. Just be you. Like that is, there's a lot of freedom when you, when you just finally get that acceptance or that, or that revelation that, wow, this is who Christ made me to be. Okay. And because you start having fun in the purpose, <laughs> you, you start, you start enjoying it and it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same, that performance-based um, acceptance or just performance-based anything, that's, that's a lot of weight for someone to carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And when we can, we can break free from that, like you said, be authentic. It's so natural. Once we become more authentic and just be ourselves and be silly and stop taking ourselves so darn seriously, we can attract into our lives, people who actually like us for who we are. And those are more secure relationships because when we are fitting in and trying to be something that we're not, we attract people who like that version of ourselves. And the minute we change or we shift our beliefs, or we start to show people who we um, actually are underneath the mask, we we are at, at more risk of losing those relationships. Um, then if we just showed up as ourselves and weren't afraid to take up the space that we are created to take up. I'm going to, I'm going to read this scripture and I want you to tell me what, what this means means to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Mm. Right. It's Proverbs three, five through six, in case anyone did not know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, again, I think trusting God is an invitation and he says, um, in a couple of places in the Bible to try him, just try him and taste and see that the Lord is good. And the end of that verse, um, the version you read something about, um, read it again. What was, what was the end of verse six? Um, so this is coming out of the ESV and it says okay. it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Yeah. It's so good for us. So good for us to trust God and he wants our good. And if, if your story right now doesn't feel like it's right, like things are whole, then he's not done. And that's not to wrap a bow on just wrap a bow on the package and spiritually bypass what you're going through. Right. But really he is trustworthy and you can trust him in this season. You can trust him with the burden that you're carrying. You can trust him with your dreams and your goals and what you wish was different. Um, when we stop trying to have it all together, we can trust him 
because he's not disappointed in you. He's not going, man, I sure wish you, you could right. carry a little bit more because right. like, I need you to prop up the world. No, he's got it. So we can kind of let that go. And you've mentioned a couple of times, just the pressure slides off your shoulders. The weight is not there when it's not our job to hold it all together. So yeah, that's, that's what those verses mean to me. Um, trusting, trusting in him instead of trusting in our own ability to get things done or figure things out or have it, um, just so. In my own understanding, I have taken the wrong jobs. I have made a lot of the wrong decisions and I have been in situations that I just wish that I would not have been in had I've just sat back and said, I'm going to wait to pray. I'm going to wait and I'm going to pray. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for an answer. If I don't have a yes or no, I'm just going to wait. <laughs> you know, and I, sometimes I have to remind myself to, to your point that if God saw fit to send his son to die for me, to save my soul. And in that, and then also that there were just works set aside for me in advance to do, that's how valuable that we are to God, that he has set aside plans and works for us to do. And it's one of those things where I don't have to figure it out. He already knows. I just need to commune with the father and walk into that relationship, just like you said, and just be a part of that relationship as a son or a daughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Walking with him instead of like, I don't know, trying to make the path ourselves. So I have a very random question for you because I know you have your own podcast too. What is more enjoyable for you being on that side of the interview or on this side? Which side do you like better being the host or the guest? <laughs> oh goodness. That's a great question. I've had some really fabulous guests lately. Um, but it, it probably depends on the, on the host and the topic. I love the direction <laughs> you've taken the conversation today. Um, yeah. So Good. sorry, I didn't give, I didn't actually answer the question that I, <laughs> no, you did. You did. That's, that's a good, um, that's a good diplomatic answer. It's <laughs> a good answer. That's a good answer. Well, that brings me to the final segment of the show today. Emily, thank you so much for, for being on here. This was, this was great. I have to get you back on here because now I've got six other topics. I think you and I could dive into and, and break down. So this is our let them know segment. This is your chance where you can share anything you like with, with the audience. Thank you again for doing the show. And Emily, please let them know. Okay. So what is, what I'd love for you guys to take away is when you hear this statement, you are beloved of God, or you are worthy of love and you are worthy of um, relationship with God that is deeply personal and individual. If there's, if there's resistance that comes up inside of you, because sometimes our chest gets a little tighter or our stomach does a butter, does a flip. I want you to press into that and see what belief is there. That's making you really uncomfortable, um, to accept that God loves you just the way that you are, because there might be part of you that you're ashamed of. There's part of your story that you wish was different. You wish you had made a different choice and you hope that nobody finds out about X, Y, and Z. Those parts of you is where God wants to meet you. He wants to meet you in the, in the hard, in the places where you feel a little bit less than, um, the way I like to talk about it is that that room in our house that we shove all the clutter when company comes over, 
We just hope nobody notices. We clean up everything else. It's shiny. It's good. And part of us inside is just so overwhelmed or there's a part of us that's just anxious and God wants to meet you in that space. So there's part of us that might want to hide, but if you have the courage, open the door in that room and invite him into that space to just be real with him. And maybe that first conversation, that first time that you feel courageous to be that real, just say, Hey, I'm scared. God, I've been hiding this and acting like it wasn't part of who I am. And if we can start to be more real and authentic, we'll have a closer connection to God. And he wants to meet us in those spaces. And we'll find that the, the true voice of God isn't condemning. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. So if you, you encounter religious people who try to condemn you, or you have that own condemning spirit in your heart for yourself, that's not God. So you are so loved. You are so worthy of being cared for and you're precious in his eyes. And as Zephaniah three seventeen says, he's rejoicing over you with seeing that's a pretty big deal. Um, so we don't have to downplay that and we can press into, um, that full authentic and vulnerable relationship with him. Hey man, that is so good. That is so good. That's the perfect way to end the show. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. I have one more thing I would ask you to do. I ask every guest they wouldn't mind close us out in prayer before we, before we conclude. Yeah, I would be happy to God. Thank you for Eric. Thank you for the rooted in Christ podcast. Thank you for the Redwood um, Christian ministries and the vision that you have um, given Eric and the churches and um, people who partner with him and with you on this as for each person listening, that they would be encouraged and have an extra pep in their step and rest and peace in their heart to not feel like they have to prove something that they can just be confident in who you've asked them to be. And that that is enough that you're not um, upset with them that um, as the song Jaira says that, that there wasn't anything that I can do to hold you up. So there's nothing I can do that lets you down and we are loved and thank you for Jesus. And thank you for making a way for us to be in relationship with you, that you are a redeemer and a restorer of life and restorer of relationship and restorer of hope in Jesus name. Amen. Lord, I just, I thank you for, for, for Emily and her ministry. I pray that you just continue to just lead and guide her, continue to just energize her and just give her the grace to do all the things you're asking her to do. I pray a hedge of protection on her and her family. I thank you for just the, the testimony that her life is going to continue to be. I thank you for all the people you're going to use her to impact in your name. Father, I thank you for your son. I thank you for just loving us enough to send your son to, to die for us. I thank you for just reconciling us to you. I thank you for just restoring the relationship between us and you, Father. I thank you that we can rest in you. I thank you that we are accepted and loved by you, Father, and you're going to meet all of our needs, Lord. So I pray that we just continue to seek first your kingdom and lead not on our own understanding, Father. I pray for everyone listening to, to this podcast or that they just walked away with at least one thing that can just draw them closer to you, Father. So I just thank you for this for the platform you've given us both. And I just pray, Lord, and thank you that your word will not return void. 
We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Emily, thank, thank you. you thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I, I'm going to have to get you back on here sooner rather than later. So I got a few ideas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I appreciate you. And I look forward to getting to know you more. Thank you so much. 